0: Ran. Oh, a with a drive, by Jackson. Bain, step back
1: three. Bingo. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our newest episode of the Core Four. I'm your host Xavier Dotson, and here with me are my co-hosts Matt Gill and David Buckler. And we're bringing weekly NBA and Grizzlies news to you each week. We're here for an excited episode. NBA actually starts Tuesday, but the Grizzlies play Wednesday against the Knicks. That's exciting. And then two, we got Tennessee beating Alabama yesterday.
0: <laughs> Matt, how you feeling about that? <laughs> we 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 should congratulate Matt, right? Like that might yeah. have been the best college football game in the last 10 years.
2: It was an all timer uh unbelievable to kind of slay the dragon like after 15 years of just getting your head kicked in it it ruled it was awesome uh you know but the the real thing is going to be beating Georgia now like I said like it was kind of a get 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 the monkey off your back kind of deal with Bama but like at this point, you know, we're number three today. That was huge. Um, so that matchup with Georgia's, I mean, massive. That's gonna decide who goes to the SEC championship. And, you know, it's gonna be really hard if we do yeah, go back. There SEC- people
0: even like in DC, like we're tired of Alabama, right? So oh, yeah, it was just it was wonderful to see Tennessee win. It, it was I felt happy for you, but I just felt happy for like we need a change. I mean, um, screw Alabama yeah. after a while, right? They're, they're a great yeah. program, but like that, I'm glad the kick went right down the middle of the uprights. Oh, oh, man, was it was, a re- yeah, i was just was about to
1: say that was just a ridiculous game right there. Like it was just a shootout, shootout, shootout. Like I've n- never seen nothing like that. The receiver getting five TDs in one game. Yeah, yeah,
2: Jalen High, he's a monster, dude. That he was awesome. Hendon Hooker, man, can't say enough about that kid. Like he should absolutely like the Heisman. Uh, you know, is equal parts like moments and stats, and he put he did both yesterday. Like he was so sick. And then yeah, man, uh, Dave, when you said that, even in D.C., like I watched it at a bar. I didn't get to go to the game or anything, but where I was watching, every person that wasn't a Tennessee fan was just like, I'm rooting for you guys because mm-hmm. like we're tired, ty- we're tired of these guys totally too. Agree. But uh, yeah. yeah, insane game. It was it was incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, well, let's head towards NBA talk now, specifically our Grizzlies. Let's do it. Um, as the Grizzlies finally wrap up the preseason, we finished three and two. We saw new lineups, we saw new schemes. We saw John Morant knocking off looking like he's in mid season form, and we got guys to knocking off their rust. So that leads me to the question for you, Matt. What stood out what takeaways stood out for you during this preseason?
2: Yeah. So you mentioned the record three and two. I mean, for casual sports fans, I feel like the NBA regular season, like if you're not a diehard fan of one of these teams, like a lot of people think the regular season doesn't matter. And the preseason matters even less. Like you can't read too much into it. But I will say the two losses were kind of troubling to me. Like you look back at the uh, Miami Heat game. And then they, they lose um one of those games to Orlando as well. And it's just like, what? why are you guys losing? They're playing to nobodies. I mean, that Miami Heat game, they played nobody at all. There's no Jimmy Butler out there, no Bam. Um, You know, Duncan Robinson kind of leads the way for him, And the Grizzlies had all their dudes going. Uh, So that was a little bit concerning to me. I think that you are still seeing that they're trying to figure out, as you said, these new lineups. Everybody's trying to get in sync. Um, and trying to get that chemistry going so early is is really tough. So, as I said, don't read too much into it, but I I didn't love what I saw there. Like, those losses shouldn't happen, in my opinion, when you have all your dudes. And the other thing, man, like you mentioned it, Ja looks so good. And, like, you could tell he took the preseason very seriously. Like, he went at some dudes. He was awesome in the Detroit game um, to close out the preseason the other night. He was really good in that game. And the the thing that really impressed me the most so far was his defensive improvement, it seemed to be. Uh, There's obviously some sloppy basketball that's going to be played this early in the season, especially in the preseason. But his ability to jump the passing lanes uh, really at a high level and get the transition kind of started on his own when you know that they're going to be without Jaron, who is their defensive anchor, to start the season as well. I mean, you you love what you see from him on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, John – his his big adjustments on defensively watching him play in those passing lanes, and seeing looking like he's going to take a leap this this year defensively. I enjoy watching that, and I, that leads me to the question, Dave: Was there anything that you dislike what you saw this preseason?
0: Well, a little bit, uh, and it's good to you know to go three and two, but I wasn't real excited about the shooting percentages when I look down the uh the statistics because like Brooks for example averaged you know 10 and a half but 33 percent shooting uh LaRabia I know I'm, I'm kind of always on him but like 39 percent from two 20 percent from three even David Roddy who I really really like only 37 percent shooting from two point I I'm a little concerned I, I you know John Conchar played 22 minutes a game in the po- in the preseason and averaged less than six points a game. I'm a little concerned about the shooting. I really like the athleticism of the team. I really like the uh, chemistry, but I just feel like you look at Golden State. You got to score. You got to have a high percentage of shooting the basketball and scoring. And I thought, as much as we really, really like these guys, you know. I thought the shooting percentages, if you look down the list, were were not that great, and it concerns me a little bit because we think like, well, Sandy Odom is starting at the four, and then we're David Roddy off the bench. I mean, Roddy averaged eight points a game on 37% shooting. I'm a a little concerned about the shooting percentages.
1: Yeah, that really caught my attention as well, watching that Detroit, the last preseason game, I was sort of concerned because it was only Ja and Bang scoring out there for, for a moment. A great point.
0: point. Exactly right. Yeah,
1: Clark finally started coming along. I know Zaire didn't play those last two preseason, pre-season games. He's dealing with some knee soreness. But it, it was concerning to me because like you were saying, the, the shooting was basically abysmal in in a sense. And it's yeah, and it is like it's the preseason, so guys do need to knock off the rust. But I'm still not necessarily concerned, um, even going forward, like, we know that the Grizzlies had a rocky start last year, and they found their groove. So, I I feel like our systems and our schemes will come, and we'll finally be rocking and rolling this season.
2: And the other thing, too, is, like, this team has not been a good shooting team throughout the draw era. Like, that's never really been their strong suit, and as Xavier pointed out, like, Zaire is going to pick up a lot of slack in that department. Like, this season, I think they're going to put a lot more on his plate offensively, and they're going to look to him to be kind of that second perimeter shooter uh, because they are so heavily reliant on Bain being, like, the only guy they trust to hit outside shots right now, and that's not going to work in the long term. So once he gets back and rolling, like, I'm not worried about it. But again, like, that's just – it's just never really been what this team is, has been built around outside shooting. They, they want to get out and run. So yeah, I'm not super concerned about the shooting percentages this but, early either. But
0: what I would, I would ask that then is like, um, you know, Kenny Lofton played one game in the post in the preseason. Like why, why, why did Lofton play one game? I'm a little concerned about that. Cause we talk with Kenny Lofton a lot and uh, you know, we love him, right? He's great. He played one game. Zaire Williams now is a sore knee. I, I don't, I don't. I mean, he shot forty-two percent from three in in the preseason. I I think he's going to be so in, much improved, but I, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm worried about getting excited about things in the preseason that really don't translate to winning basketball in the regular season. And I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. I got to tell you, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned that Dylan Brooks again, thirty-two and a half percent. Shooting in the in the preseason, has he learned how to? He talks on Twitter all the time, right? About like I'm going to be a better teammate. I'm going to like really ten points a game. He played a lot of minutes. I'm a little concerned. I want to say this off the top. I got to be on This is a show about information on affirmation. I want people to listen to this show because they want to get informed, not like they want us to just say how this is going to be the greatest season. I'm a little concerned, to be honest with you about what I saw in the preseason. I didn't love the shooting percentages.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. Um, hopefully they find their groove. I mean, we, we drafted shooters. This draft and uh, LaRavia and Roddy, they were known for their knockdown shooting. So hopefully it, it eventually comes along. And then Desmond Bain, he was a sniper last year, and even the year before that. Eventually these guys are going to find their, their stroke and hope. the shots was, will eventually fall. Okay, head into our next segment. So last season, the Grizzlies f- finished fifty-six and twenty-six, second in the West. And but let's not forget the turnaround that the Grizzlies had. The first nineteen games, they were nine and ten. So Dave, how important is it for the Grizzlies to start off strong? And what do you predict the record could be in the first ten games?
0: So so Zebra, here's the thing: we want to just jump ahead to the Western Conference Finals. I think when you have a team that we have expectations for, and I, I would argue, at least to myself, <laughs> I, I, I've never had bigger expectations for this team. I, I mean, I kind of wish we could fast forward to May and, and jump into the, uh, the playoffs. Sure. But I don't know. Like, I think the West is better. I think there's in the NBA, I don't think there's no, I don't think there's gimmies. And everyone's just saying nine and one, eight and two. The, we're going to roll over Utah back to back. We're going to roll over Houston. We're, so when did we get to this point where the Grizzlies are just going to kill everybody? I don't know. Like I, we have a really good team, but I look at this first ten games. If we could go six and four, no Jaron coming out of the shoot, still getting used to regular season NBA basketball. I would be thrilled with six and four. I, every, I've heard, you know, on Twitter, people, oh, nine and one, because we're going to kill Dallas and 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 and, and you know, Sacramento. And I don't know. Have you seen these other teams? These other teams are getting better. I'm just worried that we are way too overconfident on how we are just going to roll over. Like, oh, we got the Knicks on ESPN on Wednesday, and you know, that's like that's an easy win. There are no easy wins in the NBA, and Memphis should not be thinking about easy wins.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of fans are still off that high off this past season, winning 56 games. So what do you, how are you feeling about this, Matt? Like, are, you still, are you high on these 10 games that we can go 9-1, or, or what are you predicting?
2: Look, I'm with Dave. Six and four is the number I wrote down as well, and I think that that is still a little bit optimistic because I factored in, uh, as Dave said, pretty much guaranteed wins against the Knicks and also the Kings. But man, don't sleep on the Kings. Don't sleep on those Jets. Like that, Dave mentioned it. That back to back at
0: Utah is going to be we're going to lose. Not going to play both games. Like we're We're not going to have our, our, you know, I mean, right? I mean, the back to backs they're going to go with a different lineup. And then
2: the game after that is at Portland. So two games in Utah and then at Portland. I'm I'm we have a great gambling show. Check out Grizzly Bear Bets on the you know on the podcast network as well. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to bet all my money on Portland on that Monday night. Like that's an impossible <laughs> roads road stretch right there of two Utah games and then at Portland, who I think is going to be better than last year easily. But you know, it depends on what Dame does. But anyways, yeah. So I I um Factored in two wins against the Knicks and the Kings, and the thing that worries and gives me pause there is they're, two of their best players, maybe their best players, uh, arguably for the Knicks, are at that power forward position. And we're going to find out within the first four minutes of the Knicks game whether Santi Aldama can step up and defend those guys. Like Julius Randle is going to go right at his chest the first play of the game. I, I promise you that. And we're going to find out whether he can he can stand up to you know, more higher levels of talent than what he's seen uh, in the past. And so bonus for the Kings is going to be the same way. So I think that we have an opportunity to uh, be in that 500 number. I think that that's very doable with easy, with games against the Rockets, um, as Dave said, and Utah as well, who's obviously going to be tanking and looking for, uh, you know, a ticket to the Victor Wim Bam Yama show for next year. So uh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think 500 is where, where it's going to be. And, and that's fine. Like people should pump the brakes. Like I'm telling you, after that Portland game, people are going to be freaking out if we lose one of those jazz games in Portland. Everybody calm down. It's going to be all right. It's going to be a long season. Xavier laid it out. They did not start off super well last year. Like they will find their footing. They are still without, uh, you know, their second best player in Jaren. So like it's going to be it's going to be fine. But, yeah, it's, it's not an easy stretch. I will say the the three-game stretch of at Dallas and then Brooklyn at home and act, act Sacramento, that's the best three-game stretch out of the ten. I'm really excited to see all three of those games.
1: Yeah, um, and I'm a big advocate for for Sacramento. I'm afraid to play against Sacramento. I They're going to be like, good, dude. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Sacramento is possibly going to pull a run like the Timberwolves did last year. Yeah. That's, that's how impression. I feel about Sacramento. Yeah. But I just want to like let Grizzlies fans know, even if we don't go off on a great start. Like I said, the Grizzlies went nine and ten their first nineteen games last this past season. The mm-hmm. first ten games does not dictate if our season is going to be troublesome. So mm-hmm. I'm either way, regardless of the record, I'm hoping that we're above five hundred, and I, I don't have the high goals of going nine and nine and one or ten and zero. But I'm still ready to see Grizzlies basketball, put it as that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, but, but you look, again, like we think all these teams are pretty easy. Oh, the Knicks opening night. Knicks are better. I, I don't love – I actually don't love the back-to-back in Utah. I, I get a little nervous about that. These are NBA basketball players. These, these are professional athletes. And we're, we're going to just kill the Jazz back to I, I don't agree at all. And and one thing I, I, I was thinking about this, you mentioned – like, are we sure like Santi Aldama starting at the four is like so so great? Like, I'm a little nervous about it, to be honest. I mean, he's okay. He had nice numbers in the preseason. Uh, 58% shooting, you know, he was good. Uh he, he had 40% uh and, and, and 82% from the free throw line. He he had a nice preseason, but I'm not like super thrilled that he's our starting four. Uh, against some of these teams I saw Jalen Green the other night highlights of the Rockets I don't want any part of him in that second game like some of these teams have really really nice players and I think for Grizzlies fans think well we're gonna roll over these teams I'm a little nervous I I will say this I think a lot of Grizzlies fans want to jump ahead to May and jump right into the Western Conference Finals we should just concentrate on the New York Knicks on Wednesday night the Knicks got better and let's just concentrate on like one game at a time because I don't know I I'm we'll get to this uh, Xavier and our hot takes later on I, I I'm getting a little nervous about the season I I have to tell you I'm getting a little nervous
2: yeah
1: and, and go ahead Xavier yeah I, I I don't I don't blame you I don't blame you. Today. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was just, just going to add, like, yeah, as you said, Dave, like the Jazz, the Rockets, they got pros too. Like, yeah, the, they, they wanna paid, right? And they want to win, like. Yeah. And don't don't count out the fact that Utah is one of the toughest uh, home court advantages in basketball, the Mike Conley factor. He wants Rudy to play Gay. well against his. Yeah, Rudy Gay as well. They <laughs> want to play well against the Grizzlies, like. There's guys that will they're gonna come out and play and that and those Rockets kids like they're young that they, they're gonna make some mistakes but like they don't want to be bad forever like that's not how Jalen Green's wired you can tell he's one of those dudes that does not want to be on like a, a mega tank team uh, and I and I love Jabari Smith as well I can't wait to see what he does mm-hmm. as well so there's there's a lot of games that I'm super excited for and uh, j- just watch out for Luca to go for Wilt's record uh, in Ugh. that first game against us he's he's going hate that guy. He's going to be impossible to stop. I mean, that's it's obviously going to fall on Dylan Brooks and Dyer Williams and those guys. But man, without Jaron, like he is scary because he just gets in the paint at will, and and then he decides whether he's going to score or pass. Um, but look, there's a bunch of interesting matchups. I, I don't think that anybody should um, expect us to be nine and one, and and even if we're one and nine, I don't think that the sky is falling <laughs> then either. <Right. sighs>
1: Okay, now heading to our favorite segment. One of our favorite segments, the Climbing Corner. And Zach has really been busy this week. Um, Today, we just got news that Brandon Clark has been extended. Four years, $52 million. And then this – yeah, claps, claps, claps. <laughs> and then he had to make some roster cuts. Keely and Tilly is no longer with us. He had to be, be waived. But – I've seen on Twitter, recent rumors have showed that the Celtics aren't interested in extending Grant Williams, Tennessee ball guy. Matt might know a little Shout bit more out. about him. <laughs> so, Matt, should the Grizzlies poke around into signing Grant Williams this all season if the Celtics let him walk?
2: I don't think so. I don't think he fits at all. I think the the Brandon Clark extension totally takes him out of the running. I don't see where he kind of fits in. Um you know, it is, as far as having a roster spot, this, this is something small, but he also, every time he was on a mic'd up segment during the finals, he was the most obnoxious person to listen to talk. Like, he's like a Russell Wilson of the NBA. Like, he he's a tough listen to and seemed like a tough hang uh, for Ime Udoka. <laughs> it seemed like they butted heads a lot. So he's a, I don't know that he's necessarily a culture fit. I don't know that he's a scheme fit as well. And, and the other thing is he looked – I mean, they won Game 7 against Milwaukee because of Grant Williams. They basically said, like, if they're, if you're going to beat us, it's going to have to be Grant Williams hitting six threes, and he did it. But in the Conference Finals and the NBA Finals, he kind of disappeared. So I don't think that you can take that one good series, um, you know, where he also defend, defended Giannis as, as good as anybody can hope to. So he has some really nice qualities, but with the Brandon Clark extension, I, I don't see how those guys kind of um, – both have a spot on this roster, so I think I'm an out for Grant. Uh, coming to Memphis,
1: great player. Yeah, though. Dave, you think that that the Clark extension eliminates the Grizzlies messing around with Grant?
0: I, I think Matt. I, I I want to throw my notes out, Matt. You you said literally. I got just you know, you said exactly what I was gonna say. I don't like anything about this guy. I mean, I, mean, I don't like he—he's a mess. I mean, like he's—he's he, he's emotional. He, hes not my kind of guy at all. If if you look at it, seventy-seven games this year, which, by the way, I give him credit for because I like availability. He's tough, right? Eh, eight points a game, four rebound, and he is—he—he's got an attitude problem. <laughs> like, he's by the way, he's six foot six. This isn't like he's like, oh my god, he's seven foot one. He's a we've never seen anything like him. Ah, I don't want. This. Put it this way: the Boston Celtics are a team that is looking towards the NBA Finals, and they're thinking of getting rid of him. You know, I, I this is not my kind of guy. Not my kind of guy at all. He's too emotional. I don't like what he says in the post game press conferences. I nothing about these statistics st- jump out at me. I don't know. No thanks. I mean, we got plenty of of, of uh, flexibility in our roster and plenty of, um, this is not my kind of guy. Uh, for me, I wanted to say, Xavier, it's it's a hard pass. By the way, like Rasheed Wallace was a guy that stood out to me as a guy that was emotionally difficult, but was really good. You, you NBA teams can win with dudes that are difficult to get along with. Grant Williams is not that guy. I we can win. We can win with Rashid Wallace. Uh, Grant Williams not. That, that, uh, this to me is like Zach. Climate gets that call. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, with Starbucks is open when like uh, not even not even taking the call. I, I don't. It's not my kind of guy.
1: Yeah. So it's looking like we got a no and a no. And I I agree with you guys. It's a no for me. Um, I I do like that he's able to extend the floor just a, a tad bit and shoot the threes. He had a great playoff run, especially against that Milwaukee series. But like you guys said, the attitude, a little corny. Was he was he always like this in Tennessee? Uh, did you keep up with him, track him when he was playing for the Vols?
2: I don't – you know, we didn't have as many, like, mic'd up um, instances, so it's hard to tell. But he always was a leader on the floor, you know, and I think that that is something that he's taken to the NBA. But the thing is, like, he's, like, the sixth best player on that team. So it kind of falls on deaf ears when you're just, like, that obnoxious in guys' faces um, trying to get them fired up. They're pros at that point. Like, you You should be getting your leadership from guys like um, Jason Tatum – Jalen Brown, even Marcus Smart, who clearly uh, has some of that fire as well. So I, I think it kind of fell on deaf ears. It it, sound, it looked as though he was – it looked like he was annoying Emei Udoka in the NBA Finals, to be frank. Uh, but, look, I watched the kid be a really good lead, leader for three years in Knoxville. He uh, was a huge part of that team. He he provides good toughness, and as Dave said, he's he's going to be available. He's going to play a lot of games for you, and he can eat up minutes. But – I think the Milwaukee thing was such a flash in the pan. Like, I I don't know that he ever hits that and, and maintains that kind of put a, uh, output um, consistently in, at, at any time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, man, yeah, like if we read on Twitter tomorrow that the Grizzlies sign Grant Williams, we're going to like jump up and down. Like this, yeah. th- this guy's going to like, you know, now we're going to the finals. Cause we got great. What do we have to give up? I mean, I, I don't think this guy would have any impact on this team at all, to be honest with you. And, and, the, it, the Celtics are a team that has finals aspirations you know this isn't this isn't the uh you know this isn't the uh, Charlotte Hornets or you know the Indiana Pacers and they're like not thrilled with this guy that's a guy we won in the locker room I, not for me at all I thought this was the easiest answer of the whole day Xavier when we were talking about topics for today no thanks with Grant Williams
1: <laughs> I truly understand all right you guys now we heading off to our last segment and it's something that we wanted to talk about dave spoke of it earlier Our hot take segment the nba has plenty of players plenty of drama etc cetera, etc cetera. so what is your hot hottest take at the moment right now dave what do you have to get off your chest
0: starting with me i thank you uh i, I think we're in major trouble if Cha doesn't stay healthy uh, my hot take, I, you know, I mean, again, this, this show is about information on affirmation. We're not going to come on here every day and talk about, you know, and, and be of cheerleaders every week for the Memphis Grizzlies. If John Morant doesn't stay healthy, we have no chance. Now we can make the playoffs. We can be a play in, we can make the six seed, whatever. But if you look at the NBA, the history of the NBA, you win with a star. You win with great front office, great, you know, great front office, good coaching, and Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. John Morant is on that level. If he doesn't bring us to the postseason and play all through the postseason, we have no chance. I love Kenny Lofton Jr. I love, you know, David Roddy. I love, you know, all these guys. I love Jaron Jackson. We have no chance. So we can make the playoffs. We can be exciting. I, I know last year when Ja was injured, we did pretty well in the regular season. 25, 20 and 5. Yeah, 20 and five. 20 and 5. But what happened in the postseason when we went to the Western Conference Finals? The games get super intense. And, you know, it, it, I just feel like every time Jog goes up for a layup, I can't even look. I, I'm so nervous and scared every time he goes up. And it looks like he's going to, he is the one that is going to bring us to the NBA championship, whether it's this year or the next three, four, five years, who knows. But if he doesn't stay healthy, no, nothing else matters. I just feel like it's like the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. I, I just feel like if if Jaw is not healthy, all of this is fun and we can beat Portland in January and we can go twenty and five in the regular season. But if if John Morant's not healthy, we have no chance to get where we want to go because let's remember last year going to the Western Semis. Now we want to go further than that, and he's got to take us there.
1: Yeah, and we paid him that big money, nearly $200 million. So we want him healthy, and he has taken a a major leap from previous seasons. So now everybody's expecting you, like, yes, you got to be that guy. You've showed that you can't – you're capable of being that guy. So, John Morant, we're looking forward to you to lead us to a championship here in Memphis. So what – what hot takes do you have, uh, Matt?
2: Well, I got a couple, Dave. How many do you have? You got a you got a couple left, or was it just that one?
0: <laughs> Over to you. I, that's all I got today.
2: Okay, okay. I I got three. I just wanted to make sure I didn't step on you. All right. Well, let me start here. So so Dave says we're not going to win without drop. Totally agree. And and the way that we have to uh, ensure that is is I've I've kind of hammered this a couple times on this show, but like. Load manage this kid, he's awesome, but like you have to save him from himself. Like Dave said, like every time he goes up for a layup, there's injury potential. Give this guy some rest, man. He does not need to play every game. Obviously, there's no reason for him to load manage in the first 10 games, maybe that back to back against Utah. Uh, but just as the season goes along, like we don't need to play him every single night. Like there are times in the schedule where you can find uh, nights to give jaw rest and and. and help ensure that he is ready to go in the postseason because that's all that matters. And, and we talked about it. Like, this team just doesn't have that much scoring, especially one-on-one iso ball. Like, that is what Ja does for this team, and that's why they can't win in the postseason without him. Like, he is the offense. Um, so, yeah, totally agree with you there, Dave. And, and you know, J- Coach Jenkins and Ja and Zach Klein need to get together and figure out some kind of load management plan for him. Uh, I know he's super young, but he, he's a superstar, and you got to take care of him that way. All right. Uh, my next take, I think Desmond Bain has a chance to be third team All NBA this season. A- and the way <laughs> wow. the way wow. it's gonna happen. all right. So look, man, like he averaged twenty five a game against that that um, in the Timberwolves series, he looked awesome. He was, he hit forty nine percent from three, like he was incredible. The way it's gonna happen is Trey Young and CP three, they were the two guards uh, on the third team last year. I think both of them take a step back. Like CP three is getting super old. The Suns team is weird, man. Like, there's just so much stuff going on with them, outside noise. Um, so, I think that they both take a step back. Trey Young, obviously, with the addition of DeJounte Murray in Atlanta, I think is going to be off the ball a little bit more, lower usage rate. And I think if Desmond Bain can average somewhere between 20 to 22 points on pretty high shooting numbers, I think he has a chance to get in that conversation for third-team All-NBA. And maybe we'll have, a you know, an All-NBA backcourt for this season, which would be awesome to see. Uh, next take for you here. Coach Jenkins, I think, also has a really good chance to be coach of the year. It really depends on how we get through this time without Jaron Jackson. Like, If he can navigate this roster without his second best player and and put together a a pretty good record, as he did last year, despite so many injuries, Like, I think that he should be and and was deserving to win it last year with 56 wins and and navigating all those injuries, as I said. So I, I think that he has a really good chance to win coach of the year, but it so often goes to the coach of the best team with the with the most wins, and that's what we saw last year with Suns and with the Suns and and Monty Williams. And and the win total brings me to my final hot take here. Dave's been saying, and oh, we're not just going to blow these guys up every day. I think this is a play in team again. I, I I think the West is so so good, and so I, good. I it's I it, agree. it's it's unreal. And, and we talked about the shooting numbers. They can't really hang with teams like that. It's going to be a long slog this season as it is every year playing 82 games. Like it's tough to repeat that. And to win 56 games like that is a ton of wins. Like they're going to take a step back. I think there's no doubt in my mind that they, they will not win 57 or more games this year. Like they're they're absolutely going to take a step back. And I think it's it's totally reasonable to say that they're going to be a play-in team. It could be that they're the seven or eight seed, but I just don't see how they're going to climb over. Teams like the Nuggets are going to be great again. The Clippers are going to be great. The Lakers absolutely can improve um, from last year where they were abysmal. So I think that they're going to be in that conversation. It's going to be really hard to be a top six uh, seed this season. And so I I think the Grizzlies are going to be a play-in team. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. They like being underdogs. They like – they'll still have, you know – Uh, an opportunity to move on through the West and navigate it. No matter what, they're going to be playing a tough opponent. So I I don't think it's necessarily a a bad thing, but it's going to be really tough to get a top six seed this year. So I got the Grizzlies as a play-in team.
1: Wow. So you're dropping the bomb saying the Grizzlies being a play-in team after the success from last year. Obviously, yeah, it it can happen. The West, like you said, is stacked. And without Jared for the first – we don't know, maybe for the first month or two months, it could take a hit. And with you saying that, that leads me to my take. I feel like the Grizzlies will make a new rivalry, and that's with the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> I, like I was saying earlier, I feel like the Sacramento Kings make that jump like the Timberwolves did. The Sacramento Kings just have a lot lined up. that's are sort of similar with the Grizzlies, if you really think about it. I got an explosive point guard. garen Fox that like to attack the rim. Um, not only that. I feel like De'Aaron Fox might be an all-star this year. I feel like he really is. His morale will, will be a lot better. He got his backcourt buddy from Kentucky days, Malik Monk, back. Um, they drafted Keegan Murray. I feel like he might be in the rookie of the year potential. We'll and then they have so Sabonis. Far. We Sabonis is a very, very skilled big. His dad was great. Obviously, his dad passed those skills to his son. And I feel like Santi might not be ready. Uh, especially against Sabonis. Sabonis is a very big guy. So I I looked at the schedule. We play Sacramento in the first 10 games, and we play him again in December. Jaron should be back by then. But I feel that Sacramento can make a huge jump, and potentially we can have a rivalry between those guys. I've seen in the past that De'Aaron Fox sort of don't like John Morant. I've seen some type of Twitter conflict in the past and i think that could be a potential rivalry that could be very good and sparking
0: what i like what matt said though you know th- again this is not a show where we're just gonna like you know oh the god the grizzlies are going to the finals oh my god we're the best team ever i mean i think i think people want to listen to a show that uh tells you you know and really gets into some of the the reality of the team and even to Xavier, you are saying like like we we have a, a team that's really talented, but there's a lot of other really, really good NBA teams out there. And so we play the Knicks on opening night, Wednesday night. I don't <laughs> – my brother is a huge Knicks fan. He's super excited. Are we sure we're going to kill the Knicks at home? I'm not. I mean, I, 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 think, I think we have a good team, but this is not May. This is not the Western Semis. This is not the NBA Finals. And I think it's game at a time we're not good enough to be thinking like, Oh my God, we're going to win 60 games. And I don't know. I, 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 am like, again, one game at a time, a lot of really talented teams in this league, maybe more than ever, maybe a more balanced league than ever. I mean, we went through golden state and Cleveland four straight years in the NBA finals. I do not think that's going to happen again for a long, long time. I think Memphis uh, could make the NBA finals but to your point you guys both made it. Like there's a lot of good teams out there, a lot of young talent. I've got to, even going to Orlando. Got I mean Ben Carroll looks good. I, I I'm worried about Oklahoma City when we play them. Josh Giddy's great. I don't want anything to do with with Green in Houston. He he scored 33 the other night, you know, in in, in I know it's it's preseason. But the point is, like, there's a lot of really, really talented teams. I think the Grizzlies are a uh, top four or five team in the West. But, Matt, you may be right. They might drop to the play-in because there's just a ton of talent. And, and by the way, it's the same thing
2: with the first ten games. That's fine. Like, being a play-in team is fine. It, it, it does not mean that they're out of it by any means.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like, like you said, they have to be on their p's and Qs every, any given night. Regardless who's up there on the schedule, what the scouting report or the injury report says, these are NBA players. They're capable of beating you at your best, fully healthy, regardless who's out there. So I'm hoping that the Grizzlies come out and execute every single night and play at their best.
2: And I wanted to make one one other this is just a weird observation, but, like, I feel like this is the healthiest offseason we've seen from this league in a long time. Like, Jaron, maybe Michael Porter Jr., like, those are the two biggest stars who are hurt coming into the year. Like, Clay's healthy, Hawaii's healthy, KD's going to be healthy. We're gonna get Ben Simmons back. Like there, James Harden looks better than he he has in the last couple of years. Like this is gonna be an awesome NBA season. As yeah, long Milwaukee as
0: Middleton, out. he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All the Denver dudes. Yeah. Like
2: there, it's it's yeah. crazy how much how healthy the season. Like we are almost always guaranteed like a top ten guy to be hurt mm. coming into the year. It's, it's gonna be a really good season for the NBA. I think.
0: Oh, I'm so nervous, guys. I gotta be honest with you, like I can't believe we're getting going this week. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, but 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 we can't fast forward to the Western Finals, right? I mean, let's just enjoy Wednesday night. We got the Knicks. Let's enjoy the game and go from there. And then it was interesting back to back coming up Friday with Houston and then Saturday with Dallas. But uh, the stress, I gotta be like, I, I'm glad I got you guys to talk to about this every week because I, I'm a little nervous.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in for the newest episode of the Core 4 Podcast, home to all the Grizzlies and NBA news. Be sure y'all tune in again next week. Dave, go ahead and tell the people your socials.
0: Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at dob 19338 And uh, great to be with you guys tonight. Thank you.
1: All right, Matt, go ahead and tune in your socials as well.
2: Yeah, Matt H. Gill on all platforms. And be sure to follow the show's account as well at the Core 4 Podcast uh, on Twitter. Uh, Xavier, you've been putting out some great clips on the Instagram. Let's make sure people are following that as well. Right, uh, Rate, su- subscribe, review the whole deal on everywhere you can get podcasts.
1: Yeah, yeah you're right, Matt. And then you can find me on my socials, uh, Twitter at ZaytimeTakes, TikTok and underscore XZay. And then you can find me on YouTube as well at XavierZatom Dotson. Stolen by Marin,
0: hammer, nail, confidence, this baby is over.